You're listening to Magpie Radio, a download from collingwoodfc.com.au. Pie Night is the official fans podcast of the Collingwood Football Club, proudly brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. And now it's over to your hosts, cyber fans Conno, Driver and Sugarfoot for this week's show from the Lecture Centre. Welcome, Pie fans, to another edition of Pie Night, Round 12. It's been an interesting couple of weeks in football, and we had a break last week. In the break, we lost Kono, but I'm Driver, I'm joined by Sugarfoot, and our Uber producer, Clinton, Clinton Bound, and we're welcoming you to this edition. Guys, after halfway in the season, we're 8-3. and three. Sugar, is that where Collingwood wanted to be at this stage? I think if... Uh you ask any Collingwood supporter if they'd take eight and three at the start of this season after winning uh, five games for the entire last year. I don't think anyone would have said no. You do get a sense, though, that it's maybe not quite halfway through. It might be halfway through the home and away season, but I don't think it's halfway through this season because you've got a feeling, touch wood, that there's some really good things coming our way. Well, we're all playing for September, aren't we? And we want to be there towards the end of September when it counts. Um, on Monday, it was a finals-type atmosphere. It's a fair while ago now, um, Monday of Queen's birthday, um, we didn't quite get there, did we, guys? No, I was thinking actually this morning, the old uh, cliche, weeks a long time in football. Two, Two weeks, weeks is, is extraordinary long, long time, time in football. It seems like ages ago. Um, I mean, it's only, what, week and a bit ago now, really. Yeah, other events seem to have taken over. It's, it's like AFL is a third or fourth rate competition in this town at the moment. I can't ever remember a time when it's been like, like that, Clinton. It'll be a bit strange too with obviously the football up in Sydney this week. So some of us, unlike yourself, driver, who'll be travelling up for the game. I'll but, be there. Indeed, but some of us will have to, have to watch on the football. Even I'm not travelling up for the game. Usually travel interstate. But, didn't uh, sharing uh, didn't the, manage the junkers, didn't Clinton? The, no, went to the Perth game, of course, but uh, we share the interstate duties around here, being the club that we are. Look, I, what disappointed me on Monday, but then it gave me some heart, we couldn't play any worse than we did against Melbourne. From the opening bounce... The ball was just going the wrong way. The oval ball was just falling yeah. into Melbourne players' hands. A lot hands, went right for them. Going, going, uh, going away from our guys. And about five minutes in, you know, Leon kicks that goal and you think, geez, we're, we're on. Few things happen after that and you think, it's just not our day. It just wasn't bouncing our way, no. was it? And um, you've got to say, some of our defenders played well. Presti did a good job oh. on Neitz. Um, and Jimmy Clement he did a fantastic job Robertson. on Robertson. Mm. Yet Melbourne were able to dominate the match. Uh, to me, it reminded me of those games immediately before the mid-season break in 2002 and 2003 when we lost to Frio and to Hawthorne. We went away to the break. I remember in both those years, the team went over to Darwin had a refresher, came back from the break, and we really got back into the swing of it and started playing good football. And hopefully we replicate it this year, starting on Saturday night in Sydney. Indeed. We, uh, we'll, we'll, look, we'll be looking forward to that game, of course, uh, in, in the future, in the program. But uh, we're on to votes now, boys. Yeah, well, the votes, um, my votes for the game, I gave uh, Jimmy Clement best on ground, three votes to Jimmy. Two votes um, I gave to Alan Didak because he was a good spark in the midfield and through the forward line. And my one vote to Licker, who's uh, really starting to accumulate possession um, in the midfield. Sugar? Yeah, I gave three to Dids, two to Jimmy Clement, and uh, one to Presti, who Neats had a few early. And Presti really, considering the amount of uh, amount of ball that was down there, 
I thought Presti and, and Jimmy did a fantastic job. Clinton? My votes are pretty much the same as you drive, obviously. Jimmy, um, fantastic game there for three points, Dids, and uh, Licker for mine for one vote. Um, excellent. Now, um, we have had a spate of injuries in the last few weeks, guys, and um, it wasn't any different on Monday where we lost Wakes early in the game. He had to go off for most of the game. There, we've had a promotion, Clinton, from the rookie list again, yeah, Harry O'Brien. Indeed, we, uh, we broke the news yesterday on uh, the club website, and Harry O'Brien's been promoted, which is great news for Harry. The third time since he's uh, obviously been with the club, uh, once last year, and this is the second time this year. Um, Blake Carousel has been put on a long-term injury list, of course. Uh, our thoughts go out to Blake, and he is recovering very well. He's actually taken off the, uh, the, uh, the stiff uh, brace that he had on, oh, okay. and he's now got a foam brace on. He was in today, actually, working on the, uh, the bike in the gym, which is great. Great to see. So he's still still doing the work and he's in around the club. And we had over a thousand emails in for Blake. So that was uh, fantastic, fantastic. Magpie fans out there. Also, we had Dane Swan and Brody Holland who are hopefully coming back either this week or very shortly. And Nick Maxwell. And Nick um, had a bit of a setback, broke a bone in his leg, and it was a bit worse than first feared. Um, Clinton, you spoke to him during the week. What did Nick have to say? Yeah, well, I had a good chat to uh, Nick during the week, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you that interview now. Maxie, I've got to say it's been a remarkable recovery so far from uh, from what was a fractured leg against uh, Brisbane Lions only 17 days ago. Yeah, well, uh, it's probably after about 12 days, uh, I started walking around on it pretty well, putting a fair bit of weight on it. So um, it actually did. At the start, we thought it was just a chip, but actually cracked the whole way through the whole thing, so the whole bone. But... See, I find, I find that absolutely amazing. I, I, I saw you out here walking around the Lexus Centre and back in doing your rehab, and it was only less than two weeks when you were back around walking without any support at all. Yeah, well, I think um, I, I did everything right in the first sort of week or two when it's pretty crucial to make sure I'm icing and, uh, and make sure everything's going right. And Yeah, and I've uh, been lucky enough to get to this stage at the moment, but um, obviously now I've got a big challenge over the next sort of hopefully three weeks yeah. to try and get back in that sort of time. You, your form, and I mean, it's it, you know your own form as a player, um, and, and you've, you, you, you obviously realise how fantastic your form has been up to here, and obviously all the supporters and the coaching staff have, have uh, resound the same kind of thing. How have you assessed your first part of the season? Because obviously now you're going to get the chance um, to have another another shot back in the team and, uh, and increase your performance. Yeah, well, I suppose uh, I started off, I was, I was pretty solid, and uh, I think that's probably all I can say for the first half of the year, I think I was just solid. Um, yeah. I didn't really, I, I suppose I met my goals, but I didn't really go past them at all, um, which is sort of a little, a little bit disappointing in myself, but um, I still think I've got a fair bit of improvement to do, yeah. and uh, I think if I can sort of get back playing in five or six weeks, maybe have a couple of weeks of Williams to get my fitness back, yeah. and hopefully I can break back in that team sort of three or four weeks before the final start and, and, uh, and really contribute. There was a game at the start of the season, I'm not sure if it was second or third round, where you were actually named as an emergency and then you came in. Um, what did that do to your, I suppose, your, your emotional and mental state as a footballer and your, and your place in the team, I suppose? Um, yeah, well, that was a uh, mixed call. We decided that, um, as you've seen, Wakes and Presti, uh, Wakes have been arrested a couple of times, yeah. but um, Presti hasn't, he's been injured. But um, I think that, that's the way Mix decided to go into it this year, and uh, and so far it served as well. He's decided that he's going to pick uh, every team, pick our team depending on who we play and uh, and what the matchups are. And he decided uh, for round three, I think it was against the Kangaroos, that uh, I was probably not needed as much. And um, fortunately for myself, uh, Presti actually pulled out uh, before the game. He had a bit of a groin, so yeah. a bit of a groin strain. So and you didn't look back. You hadn't looked back since. Yeah, well, I suppose it was it was disappointing to know that you, like. 
it, it is all good, all well and good uh, the way they do it, but yeah. when it's your turn, it's pretty hard to take. So yeah, yeah, um, it is hard. You understand where they're coming from, but um, of course you're disappointed to get dro- to yeah. be dropped realistically. So. Yeah, and Wakes is in the same position as well, having but performed so well over so many seasons. Yeah, exactly right. Um, your house seems to be a pretty lucky house for Harry O'Brien because he's uh, he came onto the senior list for uh, obviously with uh, Ruds missing and now with um, Kara's unfortunate injury which was in the same game um, he's come back onto the uh, the, in- the full list again so it's a good luck good luck for Harry in a, in a, in a way. It is, yeah, it is. Well, he's uh, I mean he's someone who implies, applies himself really well and uh, yeah. he ticks every box and, and does that much extra work after, yeah. after everyone's finished. He's always here, staying back for hours doing extra work. So. He's, uh, he's someone who deserves everything that he gets, and uh, it's it's just uh, really good to see that he's got another chance back on the list. Yeah. So, Ben, coming from a rookie background myself, I think uh, it's just yeah, it's just really important that they get these opportunities when they come up. Absolutely. Just, just take us back to the injury, um, because something I always find quite fascinating, I suppose, is with a professional athlete and how they their reaction immediately following an injury. Um, obviously, you need to get it assessed and you need to know the time frame and when you might be able to be back and you've set yourself goals. But immediately after the injury, what was going through your mind and, and I suppose who helped you through that time? Uh, well, basically, the way it happened was, I'm sure everyone's seen the footage of Jonathan Brown when I collided with him and, uh, and he was sort of jelly legs and... And, uh, and you just beaten Brown just moments before that. I think it was out to a ball on the on the boundary line. You'd sort of got out there and you'd flicked one th- uh, through, and you you actually beat the contest. So the contest was going well. Yeah, well, it was. I, I felt that I was uh, I was sort of switched on, and, yep. and I was going to have a good night. And uh, basically, the ball was in between myself and him, and we both had about a ten metre run up. And uh, it was actually in that collision that I broke my leg. His knee just sort of went straight through it. And the start, I was thinking, oh, it's just a bit of a corky. And uh, I tried to run it out for about ten minutes, and then. Um, it just gradually got worse and worse, and after about 15 minutes after the incident, I realised oh, I'm in a bit of trouble. So basically, um, I came off, and they they were sort of all saying, "Oh, it's a corky, it's a corky," and I said, "I know what a corky is, and this isn't a corky." So yep. basically, uh, I, I sort of knew from then, and and when I said that, they realised that maybe it is a fracture. And uh, I suppose uh, after that, it was pretty hard when. A few days after that, it was really hard when they said that we might be putting you on long-term injury list, and um, that was mentally that was a bit of a stumbling block for me, knowing that if if I did that, I'm out for eight-week minimum. Yep. So um, you really doesn't matter how well you do. Uh, like for example, at the moment, less than three weeks, and, and I'm up and yep. walking around without any any support. So uh, for, for eight weeks, it was it was going to really hurt me mentally yep. just to know that. Doesn't matter what I do, I'm not going to be back in that time. Do so. you almost feel now, though, that that eight-week block gives you a, a, something to, I suppose, pace out to organise yourself? Yeah, well, uh, I, I sat down with Julian Fowler, who's our surgeon. Um, even though I didn't need surgery, he's, he's uh, someone that the club uses regularly, yeah. and uh, he was really good. He thought that expected me to play on the seventh week, and said that he wouldn't be surprised if I play on the sixth week. Yeah. So. Being uh, being the person I am, I wanted to make sure I was back on the fifth week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm sort of looking at, at five or six, but obviously the doctors are going to have a massive say in that because mm. it's a broken bone and bones have to heal. Yeah. It's, it's not something that you can carry. And, yeah. Uh, I think uh, as long as everything goes well, hopefully I'll be able to get back on that fifth week. But um, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we know how. Um how much rookies have meant to this club and how some have progressed on to being such important members of the team and your performances so far this season have been uh, nothing short of um, solid and also uh, you know defensively sound in terms of what we've needed from the team and I think 
everyone would agree that the defence is where it's built from uh, in so many ways, and I think they've proved that again this year. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, we've brought a few uh, uh, different blokes through there. Um, Heshaw's been been a, a revolution down there. He's been great. So yeah. uh, hopefully he can carry his form through the rest of the year and, yeah. and not die off because uh, we, we've seen how, how good he can be and how important he is. Yeah. And obviously the, the old heads of Jimmy and Presti and Wake's always down there. And yeah. I've, you never see any of them get beaten. They're just they're unbelievable, those three. And I think... Uh, Harry's had his go down there as well, and yep. he may get another chance in the next few weeks. I think uh, there's a chance of him being promoted for Carra, so or he has been promoted yep. for Carra, so yeah, yep. I think uh, he's if he gets his chance, then he's been great in there as well, so you throw in sort of Tark and a few other guys, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a really good mix. It yeah. does. Well, we're looking forward to seeing a maturing head in yourself come back, um, because it has been, I suppose, um, being in that group just above those um, those early boys, the Heaths and your, your Harrys, it's really been a, a mature head on you this season. It's been fantastic to watch. No worries. Thanks, Mark. CollingwoodFC.com.au is proudly supported by EasyBonds Global Payments. Secure online payments. EasyBonds online payments. Check out EasyBonds website at ezybonds.com or see the Collingwood website to see how you can transfer money the best way online. It's been 16 years since we won a flag, but this year we're going to win another. Yes. Pie fans, it's time for the Coca-Cola Zero Sweet 16, brought to you by Coca-Cola Zero. Real taste, zero sugar. Last week... In choosing the best Collingwood team in the past 16 years, we had a tie for the second forward pocket spot to join Peter Dacos. We had Gavin Brown and Alan Didak. We asked you, the Magpie Army, to adjudicate and to play off in a tiebreaker. Now, Clinton, we had lots of entries again. Lots of entries, and uh, Sugarfoot certainly had his say on the uh, the situation. A big Uh, Alan Didak fan. I'm glad people listened because <laughs> the response has been overwhelming. It was overwhelming. A special mention goes out there to um, it was a Ben Vernal who uh, emailed in at two thirty three in the morning. So we've got people up all night listening to the show, which is fantastic. He might have been listening to us and watching something else on the television, probably. Absolutely, it's a good thing we had to do just tune into the radio and also you can flick around on the uh, the web and on the telly. Unfortunately, Ben uh, didn't get pulled out, uh, Clinton, but. By the looks of things, he wouldn't need any caffeine from the Coke Zero. Not at all. And there's also a special men- mention goes to uh, Jono at Chef. Um, he, uh, he thinks Gavin Brad should have been in the, in the centre, or should be in the centre, and uh, obviously putting out a good word to us boys doing the top podcast, and guys are going to say, loving the show. We're loving doing it. Indeed. Now, um, Sugar, I'll leave it up to you to announce the winner. After the drum roll, who is going to be the forward pocket to join Dakes? Well, the winner is, drum roll please, Amber, Dids. There you <laughs> or, are. Or surprise, as, uh, surprise, eh? The, you're uh, a happy man there, Sugar. I'm a very happy man. He deserves There's plenty of room the in other places for Gavin Brown. Don't forget that's the uh, only, let's major hope, champion, Gavin let's Brown. Hope it's the only joy did get, Dids gets this week. Uh, particularly coming Friday, we hope uh, his Croatian side uh, get done by the Aussies. Well, then again, we want him to play well on Saturday, mate. True, true, So, true. Sugar, who is going to win the major prize for Sweet 16 of the Coca-Cola Zero Slab? The uh, the winner is, it's Keely or Kylie, not too sure, or she calls herself Kegmeister, who quite aptly says, Diddy is a specialist in this area, the forward pocket, Brown can play anywhere. Got to be a Diddy for me. 
Okay. The, I agree. The Kegmeister wins the um, slab of Coca-Cola Zero, Real Taste Zero Sugar. And Pie fans, for next week, we want you to send your entries into Sweet 16. Uh, email your entries to pinight at collingwoodfc.com.au with Sweet 16 in the subject line. And this week, we want you to nominate two, yes, two, back pockets. Ooh. Who to choose? Plenty to choose from. It's a lot to Do choose from. Do you get from. small back pocket players, tall back pocket players? There are plenty who haven't been selected so far. We're going to leave it up to you. Send us in your two best players for the last 16 years to play in the back pocket in the Coca-Cola Zero Sweet 16 team. On this round, magic events in magpie history, round 12. In round 12, 1986, Lee Matthews stamped his ability as a coach when the Pies defeated reigning back-to-back premiers Essendon by 26 points at VFL Park. 19-year-old Ronnie McEwen was switched to the forward line and kicked a bag of eight. BT snagged five as Pants Mullane and Bruce Abernathy carved up the Bombers' midfield. In 1988, at a rain-soaked Moorabbin Oval, the second quarter saw only three behinds kicked between the two teams. Only ten goals were kicked for the entire match, but luckily for us standing out there in the wet, Collingwood kicked seven of those, including four in ten minutes after half-time to run out 21-point winners. One player stood out in the mud and the gloom. You guessed it, Peter Dacos was best on ground again. In 1989, the Magpies ventured out to VFL Park to do some tiger hunting and came home with an emphatic 54-point victory. Tony Shaw had the ball on a string with 43 possessions for the day. 1990, great year. The Pies returned to Waverley to face the rampaging Cats. At halftime, Ronnie was moved to attack and kicked three valuable goals as Collingwood won by 11 points to celebrate the birthdays of Dennis Banks and Craig Kelly. Ned dampened his celebrations by getting reported for striking Buddha Hocking to the head, as if he could do any more damage to that face. (laughs) As if indeed. On this round in 1992, young Magpie rover Troy Lehman missed a long shot for goal seconds before the siren. But he was still the hero of the match because the point he kicked broke the deadlock and delivered Collingwood a heart-foot victory over the West Coast Eagles at Subiaco. The Magpies had staged a marvellous comeback from a 31-point deficit deep in the third quarter. On this round, uh, round 12, Friday night clash at the Colonial Stadium in 2001, Josh Fraser was best on ground with four goals as Collingwood spanked West Coast by 81 points. Jared Malloy, Anthony Rock and Chris Tarrant helped themselves to three goals each. And that was On This Round, Round 12. Magpie fans, welcome back to Pie Night, brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. EZYBONDS.com.au Great supporters of uh, all things we're doing here online. Well, gentlemen... We're playing in Sydney on Saturday night, 7.15 start at Telstra Stadium, the old Olympic Stadium. The Magpies up against Sydney. We've only lost three games this year, but they've been to West Coast, Adelaide and Melbourne. Teams that anyone out there would say are amongst the elite of the competition. I think you'd, say, you'd have to say that Sydney are amongst the elite. Sydney, last year's premiers, coming good. It's a big game for us, isn't it? Um, the heat is going to be on. Some people in the press have said, are we flat-track bullies? Time to prove those people wrong. Sugar, where do you see the game being won and lost? 
the obvious one. Uh, we need to make sure we get it out of the middle. And there's there's a bit of an injury cloud over Josh, which was uh, talked about. Uh, Blue McKenna talked about in an interview during during the week on uh, on the website. But a bit of an injury cloud over Josh. But Sydney's ruck stocks with Ball having retired gives us a bit more of an opportunity to get get it out of the middle there. Sydney's back lines. Leo Barry's had the most goals kicked on him, or is the, the reverse Coleman. Fact. He's also given away more free kicks than nearly any other player in the competition. And Roberts Thompson, there's a bit of room for Taz and Pebbles and Dids to move around and, and perhaps uh, put some scores on the board early. Yeah, to- Leo Barry, Bolton and um, Roberts Thompson, they don't strike you as being overly physical or overly tall defenders. You could probably stretch them for height and and. Muscle, I guess. Well, you might recall Taz has got the wood on Bolton. Taz absolutely destroyed him when he was playing for Brisbane a few years ago at the uh, at the Telstra Dome. Yeah, absolutely Look, killed him. The question is, will uh, Barry Hall play? Uh, there's been rumours through the week. You might have heard them on the websites. They've we actually I've, we heard them through the club and probably as as quickly as anyone did, and they came in and sort of filtered through the football department. And uh, Blue McKenna, as you were saying, spoke with us earlier on CTV this week, and basically I think that as he said, you just got to prepare for the very best team that's going to be out there. And who knows what the situation is with Barry Hall? We've got scouts um, up there who've been watching them obviously train, um, and that uh, they've seen Barry leave the track. Um, and that's been rumoured, but who knows exactly where it's at. Um, well, Ruzi plays, uh, Ruzi plays the game. Ruz is the sort of coach that doesn't play injured players. Uh, it could be a smokescreen, as Bluey said on, uh, CollingwoodFC.com.au. I think, uh, people can listen and watch that interview. Yeah, it's actually on um, there right now, yeah. It's on there right now. But, uh, we've got to beat the team that Sydney put out on the park. Now, one thing I'm worried about, guys, is, um, the shape and size of Telstra Stadium, although it's about yeah. the same length as the MCG, its width is tiny. It's only 180, 118 metres wide, and it makes it, in total surface area, the smallest ground in the league. Is that right? Sydney play a blocking, tackling, cutting-off play type of game. On a ground so small in total area, it makes it down. easier for them to lock the game mm. down. Importantly... The area inside 50 is smaller than any other ground in the league as well. So when we're relying on our forwards, we're relying on guys to take clean marks inside 50, and we're also relying on our rovers, our little guys, to win it on the ground. Um, Sugar, where do you see us having an advantage in that sort of tight, confined game? I think uh, one of the great things that we've seen this year, Dids and Leon's touch has been fantastic. So if the ball is going to get knocked down, and look, that's right. Roberts, Thompson, Barry, talking about their back line, uh, Barry and, and Bolton, they're spoilers. They're not physical guys, and but they've battlers. got good punches mm. over the top, good leaps, athletic, good punches. Dids and Leon's touch, particularly Leon, some of it, there's been some scintillating, just one touch grabs off the pack and swing around on the goal. We're really going to need that again this week. So it's going to be goal sneaks. The changing role, obviously, with Swan under an injury cloud as well coming into this game. Dane Swan, we're not sh- we're sure where he's at quite yet. Mm. They've said they'll give him to Friday to so- sort out where things are at. Um, he, he tra- he's limited training through the week. Brody Holland, of course, again. 
This brings up Leon Davis and where we where where his changing role of team might come up. Driver, what are your thoughts on um, Leon Davis and obviously his importance to the forward structure, but also then possibly coming more through the midfield? Well, he can pinch it in the midfield and up forward. Sugar pointed out how clean he's been in his touch. Um, he can go into the midfield, and he's a he's a sort of game breaker. He wins the ball cleanly and gets it out quickly. Um, Alan Didak does the same. They may be more value to us in the middle in this sort of confined space tight game, which is going to make it important for guys like Daisy Thomas, Nathan Buckley. How great it is to have someone like Nathan Buckley as a goal sneak, and possibly even we don't know the the 100% makeup of the side, but it may be that someone like Chris Egan could come in to a game like this and become a bit of a goal sneak game breaker. It's going to be a battle between our little blokes kicking goals up in the forward line, and possibly players like Schneider and Nick Davis, a former Collingwood player, and, uh, Michael O'Loughlin, and other of those small and medium types who can get more possession in the forward line and kick goals. I think a real key for Sydney, and, and one of the things I've noticed when I've been watching them uh, watching them this year, that lower rung of, of players, that they're, they're not the household names, seem to have got more confidence and they've actually some of the interviews I've read they've got more confidence out of winning last year so instead of just playing this grinding um you know lockdown type of footy they're playing with a bit more uh, just a bit more spark I'm talking about you know you see O'Keefe's um right up there in the Herald Sun data rankings shot up there yeah good um, player um gives them a different option going forward a guy like Luke Ablett who's Probably added some more attack to his game this year than than solely focusing on uh, closing someone down. Um, might have been different had uh, West Coast won because he would have lost the game for them. But uh, that's where it's going to be really tough. Where I think we've got again an opportunity in the middle. They don't have a, those real spark quality, uh, I guess, ball players. They've got a lot of players who do do the hard work, do a lot of grunt work. Bit, bit similar to us. They've got the, your Kirks, your Ablets, your Jude Boltons. Go and get it hard like your Lickers, Obies, um, Ben Johnson, Brody, Ben Johnson, Burnsies. I mean, what do you think, Driver? Well, I mean, I'm going over there. Of course, we're going to be. I think most of the Collingwood people are going to be in aisle 142 behind the goals with the cheer squad. Come up and say hello if you're there. We're expecting to win. We're eight and three. We are a good side. It's time we made a mark. On this season, we yep. beat one of those quality teams. Clinton, I don't know about you, but but I'm looking for a victory. I'm looking for a victory, and I'm going to go out on a. I'm going to. I reckon about 15, 16 points could be the could be the margin. I I think that we definitely have the opportunity to come back from. We've had such a solid start to the season. Sydney have been that they after a poor start ran back into form. I think it was six straight. Lost last week to St Kilda, but I really do think this will be the game that can define us and define so much about our season, um, especially on foreign turf. I think it's a little bit more neutral. Um, I know it's obviously a narrow ground, and, but I think it, I think we can play it, and I think we can win there and I think we will win there Sugar how do you see it look I agree we, we ran them pretty close last year um, when we were in awful form uh, I think we'll win by a couple of goals I don't think we'll we'll have the opportunity to get away because if we do they'll start locking down but look a couple of goals in for me what are your thoughts driver well I'm declaring war on the red and white this week Ooh. war on the red and white of Croatia on Friday morning the Socceroos I think will win by two clear goals and I think Collingwood will end up doing about the same and will win by two clear goals, 12 points. You never have big victories against Sydney. So I'm, um, I'm hoping for the double against the red and white, Socceroos and Collingwood. 
two goal margin. Sounds good to no me. Um, and um, it's winding up the program now, gentlemen. Um, what are we expecting to see from the Socceroos from you two? Clinton, you're, well, the, uh, you're the expert. I tell you what, um, having worked over in uh, British football for a couple of years, and obviously, and back over here, and loving both codes um, equally. Um, I am so impressed by what I see about the Socceroos. On the locker room with Licker and Wakes, we, um, we've talked about soccer a fair bit and um, another podcast obviously here on Magpie Radio and we've been defining the Australian culture um, and the Australian style because the Brazilians play their game. We've seen the Australian style now at the World Cup. We've seen what they do and they never say die. They have given us so much um, from the game and I reckon we're going to come out there and we, Croatia, are going to fall to pieces. We're going to score early in the first 20 minutes and we're going to win 3-0. Big call. Look, I'll go for the uh, the 1-0. Hopefully we get a dinky one, cheap one right at the end so all the boys can get stuck into dids. Own goal to Josip Suminic. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and hopefully it'll fire Simic. dids up for Saturday night Ooh, because we want nice. dids to get lots of goals on Saturday night. He's due... Now, Hi fans, don't forget to send your emails into um, pinite at collingwoodfc.com.au either if you have something to say to us or to vote for your back pockets, two back pockets in the Sweet 16 competition. But as we say, always here on Pinite, as we bid you farewell and hope a big victory against the Sydney Swans. Go Pies! Go Pies!